This episode brought to you by Alert Communications. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7, 365, just call 866-827-5568. This episode brought to you by Noda, powered by m Bank. Noda is banking built for lawyers and provides smart, no-cost IOLTA account management. Visit trustnoda.com legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. Welcome to the ABA Journal Legal Rebels podcast, where we talk to men and women who are remaking the legal profession, changing the way the law is practiced, and setting standards that will guide us into the future. Welcome. I'm your host, Lyle Moran. My guest today is Dave Shimarotra. She is the co-founder and CEO of Justice Text an evidence management platform designed for use by public defenders. Dave Shee's background includes leading applied machine learning projects at Google Brain, Microsoft Research, and Stanford Law. We will discuss what prompted her to create Justice Text and how it is being used in the field. Dave Shee, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Dave Shee, I understand it was your time studying at the University of Chicago that really sparked your interest in criminal justice issues. Could you start off by sharing about the impact of your time in Chicago? Yeah, definitely. In 2015, I moved from my hometown in Southern California to attend school in the city of Chicago. The city that I personally had grown up in has actually been ranked the safest city in the country, I think 12, 13 times in a row. And a lot of the demographics of, you know, my hometown are also very different from from that of Chicago. I grew up around many, many Asian immigrants, uh, many folks who, you know, shared life experiences um, that were pretty close to my own. And I think going to school in Chicago was one of the first times that I had the opportunity to to really contend with and, and spend time really deeply trying to understand the, the history of institutional racism and how it's shaped so many systems and, and institutions today. I studied computer science at the university. And so a lot of you know the internships that I did during my time as a student were actually pretty unrelated from the legal field, from, from politics in general. I did applied machine learning projects at companies like Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and really enjoyed my time being able to navigate the technology industry, especially as a woman in a largely male-dominated field. Being able to work at companies like this gave me a lot of confidence that the skills that I had and the knowledge that I was building would, in fact, allow me to thrive and allow me to succeed. But at the same time, I spent a lot of time on campus engaging with organizing efforts around criminal justice reform. And I reached a point where I was really deeply frustrated and upset by the incredible disparity in resources that I saw within the technology industry, um, the human capital, the financial capital. And oftentimes what I saw was a short-sightedness in the ways in which that capital could actually be leveraged for good. You know, for, for me in particular, I was taking many classes on things like the history of policing in America, on things like colonialism and its impact in South Asia, in the Americas. And I reached a point where it was really clear to me that as much as I learned 
from my experiences within the technology industry, I really wanted to find a way to apply my skill set in furtherance of public service. And yeah, that that really was the initial motivation for for starting Justice Text. Terrific. And so, yeah, what was it about those experiences that then prompted you and your co-founder, Leslie Jones Dove, to create Justice Text? I think it was the summer of my junior year in college when I started reading Michelle Alexander's book, The New Jim Crow. I remember very keenly there were just a couple of pages within that book where she talks about the public defense system in America as it is today. And I remember just being shocked at how critical and and how vital of a role public defenders play within the criminal justice system and how thoroughly we as a society choose to underinvest in in the work that they do. And, you know, me as a technologist, I knew that I didn't have the ability, the the resources, the connections um, to be able to legislate bad and unjust policies away. And so I got started thinking, is there anything that I could potentially build that just furthers my own values and and furthers the the work of public defenders. And this was just an idea that kind of marinated in my head for quite some time, for several months. Eventually, I ended up taking a class on campus focused on entrepreneurship. It was a class uh, focused on bringing together computer science students and over the course of 10 weeks, asking them to come up with a business idea and, and, and see if they could execute on it. Leslie was, you know, one of my friends from, from college, and we decided that, you know, criminal justice reform is one of those things that we're both passionate about, and this could be a great opportunity for us to take the first step. And so we knew that we weren't going to come up with a, a meaningful idea in our dorm rooms on campus. And so what we ended up doing was directly contacting our local public defenders and and starting a conversation with them. And so during our very first conversation with the Cook County Public Defender's Office, we actually showed up there with our own idea of, of something that we could build. And they told us that they really didn't have any need for, for the proposal that, that we put on their desk. But we kept pushing. We, mm-hmm. we told them, you know, we're two students. We have some extra time on our hands. Is there anything that you think our technology background or technology skill set could be helpful in? And what we discovered very quickly was that one of the really massive shifts that's taking place within criminal defense is just the amount of data that's now being collected from body cameras, from recorded interrogations, from jailhouse conversations. And surprisingly, for the vast majority of public defenders, there is little to no infrastructure in place to actually help them make sense of that data. So, you know, that was our journey um, and and how we stumbled upon the problem that, that we're working on now. Well, you mentioned that increase in the amount of data being collected. So how can Justice Text help public defenders cull through this data? So to give you somewhat of a better sense of what day-to-day operations in a public defender's office might look like right now, oftentimes attorneys tell us they get a data dump of hundreds of jail calls a couple days before trial. And most of the time, 
they don't know, you know, which part of those hours and hours of data are actually going to be used by the DAs. They don't know which, you know, sections in those hours and hours might be potentially disadvantageous for the clients that they're representing. And so the onus then falls upon the attorneys, the investigators, and oftentimes paralegals to just manually comb through a lot of this data. And we see very you know, similar trends emerging with confession videos, with interrogations, with body cam footage. So what Justice Text does is it takes any piece of audio or video discovery and generates an automated transcript of it. Say you have an hour-long file, within an hour you'll have an interactive searchable transcript of that piece of data, and every single word in that resulting transcript is actually going to be tagged to a certain part in the video. So let's say you're, you know, just browsing through that transcript, you find a particular instance that seems to be of interest, you can just click on that word, jump right there. The tool also makes it really easy to catalog the information, take notes, create video clips in preparation for trial. So it's really a workflow tool for making sure that public defenders are able to make sense of and extract useful insights from audio and video as quickly as they can. And what has been the feedback so far from public defenders who have used this platform? It's been such an incredible learning experience for both me, Leslie, and the rest of the team. You know, we initially started working on the project two years ago. And since the very beginning, we've been working in direct collaboration with public defenders in developing the tool. And, you know, one of the things that we've learned along the way is that building good technology is only half of the battle. Oftentimes, you know, setting expectations, you know, providing ongoing training, ongoing support is just as important to ensuring the success of the rollout of any technology tool as is, you know, the the underlying product itself. And so Justice Text as, you know, a piece of software has gone through so many different iterations over, you know, the past couple of years, but I'm really really glad to see that now it's it's starting to deliver real value. I was speaking to an investigator in Minnesota a couple of weeks ago who told me that she used Justice Text to process, you know, many hours of police body cam video that she otherwise would not have had the bandwidth to be able to review at that time. And by quickly skimming through the transcripts that Justice Text generated, she was able to actually identify a critical police statement and dismiss the case much more quickly than it would have been able, than she would have been able to do previously. A couple of days ago, I was speaking to a legal aid attorney in Georgia who told me that previously when she wanted to share audio or video discovery with clients who are currently being detained in jail, she had to spend many hours, you know, just going to the local jail, sitting down with her client, playing those videos. But this time she was able to actually create the transcript and leave that with her client so that he had the time to review it more thoroughly afterwards. And so we started seeing that, you know, this is a tool that's helping to ensure faster outcomes, better outcomes. And the goal for us is to to really just continue putting justice text in the hands of, of more people who could utilize it. 
And I saw you recently tweeted that you signed your first um, six-figure contract for Justice Text. Could you share about that a little bit? Yeah, this was a really big milestone for us. We connected with Virginia's Indigent Defense Commission just a couple of months ago. I think it was February of this year. And Virginia is one of those states that has actually been a very strong advocate for the need for discovery reform for its public defenders. And they've, you know, they did a survey a couple of years ago, which essentially said that 93% of public defenders across the state are are struggling and, and feeling overwhelmed by the demands of body camera footage that is now such an important part of their of their cases. And so I reached out to them and what we were able to do was negotiate a contract to, to roll out justice text to around 125 public defenders across the state for a year-long period. And that's one of those things that we're actually gearing up to do right now. We have a couple of other statewide pilots that are ongoing at the moment and really excited to see positive feedback start to trickle in. And hopefully we'll be able to launch in other states within the upcoming months as well. Great. Well, we will be back after a short break. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com LTN. This episode is sponsored by Noda, powered by Emma T. Bank. You went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of Noda, a no-cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnoda.com legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. Welcome back to my conversation with Dave Shima Rotra, the founder and CEO of Justice Text. Dave Shima, before we speak more about how users are using your platform, I was hoping you could share what type of technology Justice Text relies on to deliver results for users. At the core of the Justice Text platform is speech recognition technology, which has seen major advancements over the past couple of years. One of the challenges that we continue to run into is that, unfortunately, a lot of underrepresented dialects within the United States, whether that be African-American vernacular, Southern dialects, the performance of a lot of machine learning algorithms on these types of underrepresented dialects is lower than it is for standard American English. And so a huge focus for us as the product continues to mature and continues to develop is to make sure that we focus on building a tool that is as accurate on standard American English as it is on the voices of other 
you know, minority communities as well. But at the core of what's powering the Justice Text engine is speech recognition technology. We've built, you know, an interface on top of that that makes it easy to identify relevant keywords using natural language processing, keyword extraction, and makes it easy to generate clips, which is, you know, standard software engineering. But we're really excited to see the potential applications of machine learning to really distill this data and make it even easier to identify insights from hours and hours of conversation that might be captured from police body cam or, you know, phone call conversations. Yeah. How could machine learning help deliver some more insights in that regard? The main thing that it would require is for us to have access to labeled data. And so machine learning essentially looks at patterns of what it's seen before. Of, For example, let's say we have a two-hour transcript of an interrogation video. Uh, what we would need to be able to do predictions in the future is label data about which parts of that transcript are in fact relevant to attorneys. You know, references to Miranda rights are something that's very easy to pick up on. I think in the future, it would be amazing if we could pick up on, you know, potential signs of coercive interrogation tactics or, you know, signs of admission of guilt. And these are things that are definitely a lot trickier to be able to identify just because tone of language, body language, all sorts of things play a role in ultimately helping, you know, an attorney to, to decide what was actually taking place. But I do think that core machine learning technology can take us part of the way there. Is the fact that videos have become so central to so many criminal justice cases a key reason why you wanted reviewing video to be a big part of what justice text can offer to users? 100%. We really don't need to look much further than the George Floyd and Derek Chauvin case to see how critically important the existence of video has been in so many recent cases surrounding police misconduct. The original police report about George Floyd's death said that he died in a hospital due to a medical emergency. And it's very likely that there would have been no justice for for him or his family if there wasn't a nine-minute clip documenting what what actually took place. Unfortunately, you know, this this data, these recordings are only actually helpful if public defenders, if if attorneys in general actually have the tool and the bandwidth to be able to review it. And so that's really where we think justice text can play a role in just enabling attorneys to to do what they do best, which is uncover truth from the the data and and the discovery that that is made available to them. And I think you mentioned investigators and paralegals and public defenders offices, they could use this tool as well. Yes, exactly. It it really depends on the individual office. Some offices are incredibly well-resourced, and so public defenders have an entire team of investigators, of paralegals who are available to help them do their work. And we've noticed in many cases, investigators really do lead the charge in sifting through a lot of the audio and video data. However, there's many, many offices where unfortunately there aren't the resources to have 
extra support staff. And so in those cases, it's oftentimes the attorneys themselves who are using the product. Right. Now, what role do you see justice techs playing in the broader criminal justice reform movement? One of the things that I'm personally, individually very passionate about is really just advocating for increased funding for public defense agencies. It's really unfortunate in my eyes to see how many times broader conversations around criminal justice reform don't elevate the voices of public defenders. And there are so many structural issues um, about the ways in which Oftentimes, you know, DAs, prosecutors have access to rooms and are able to influence legislation in a way that indigent defense attorneys haven't been able to in the past. And so, of course, at the end of the day, we are building a technology product, we're building a technology tool, but we really do hope that by building software that is specifically directed towards the indigent defense community, we can make a statement that investing in public defenders, investing in our public defense system is a worthy cause and something that local and state and federal budgets should reflect as well. And is this a product that you envision private defense attorneys being able to use as well? Yeah, 100%. We've actually um, connected with dozens of private criminal defense attorneys who take on court-appointed cases and, you know, serve indigent criminal defendants in their community just as much as as public defenders do. And so I think for us, uh, we recognize that this is a tool that is broadly applicable and we are beginning to connect with folks in the private criminal defense community more and more now. And is there a potential for your platform to be used in other parts of the legal industry, such as by prosecutors potentially down the line? I think there there definitely is. For us, it's really important to make sure that the institutions that we're partnering with reflect our values. There are incredible progressive prosecutors who are making a real difference within the broader movement around criminal justice reform. And I think for us, we would be more than happy to partner with DAs who who share our values and are outspoken about theirs. I will say, though, that for the time being, we're really focused on serving and, and continuing to build relationships within the defense community. Right. What has been the interest like from investors to date in your platform? Yeah, the interesting thing about our journey to date is that We have straddled a couple of of different worlds in, you know, being able to bring justice text to fruition. We've taken part in a number of accelerator programs, which are, you know, quite, quite well known within Silicon Valley as being, you know, part of the entrepreneurial ecosystem. The first major accelerator that we took part in was 500 Startups. We took part in it remotely, but it's a, a... incredible program, which provides 115K in investment to, you know, a select group of companies for them to be able to develop their product, um, continue speaking with customers and, you know, just become more familiar with with the day-to-day operations of running a business. We also participated in Techstars and that was uh, another 
way for us to build our network with investors and, and other entrepreneurs. And so to date, we've raised around 320K in investment into Justice Text. And we've primarily used that to build a product, to hire engineering talent and be able to iterate on a tool and, and make sure that it's actually delivering value. I would say that we aren't actively fundraising at the moment. The main goal for us is to be able to prove impact and, and you know, just continue connecting with more folks on the private criminal defense side in the upcoming months. But I do anticipate once we do decide to raise more money in the future, that we have a pretty solid network that we can now rely on. Hmm. And you mentioned, um, you know, there are some ways that you would like to further develop justice text. Are there any other kind of new features you're hoping to add that we didn't um, touch on earlier? One of the big challenges with dealing with, you know, audio and video discovery is that it can be really hard to actually transfer and, and share this data with, with colleagues. Oftentimes, you know, we, we hear from attorneys who tell us that they're getting this information through hard disks or expiring email links, maybe sometimes through a Dropbox link. And there really isn't a go-to or, or centralized way to be able to share a lot of this information. And so one of the next features that we're working on building out is, you know, sharing capabilities within the Justice Text platform. And I think moving forward, the next step for us would be to add collaborative editing, uh, which would be something similar to Google Docs, where you can work with your colleagues, uh, work with other folks um, in, in a shared workspace. Um, I think Another area where we'd love to be able to focus attention a little bit later down the line is finding ways to improve uh, transcription accuracy on audio that is perhaps of poor, poor quality. You know, unfortunately, a lot of body camera audio isn't the clearest. There might be wind in the background, radio signal, and making sure that we're delivering an output that is easy to, to review, easy to digest in spite of that, um, I think would be a huge accomplishment for, for us as well. So I would say those are some of the things that are top of mind for us at the moment. Yeah, sounds like you have several different interesting items on that front. Dave, she, is there anything else about Justice Text we haven't touched on that you wanted to highlight for the listeners? One of the things that I've realized during my time working on Justice Text is that there is so much need for technologists to be investing their time, resources, you know, capabilities towards building solutions in the public interest, for building solutions for government. You know, oftentimes the things that you see in the headline are really egregious ways in which injustice is perpetuated, really bad actors, really bad policies. But what I realized during my time, you know, building this tool is that there is a lot of injustice that is perpetrated and perpetuated just because of, you know, a, a lack of efficient processes, a lack of resources, and um, suboptimal workflows for, you know, a lot of people like public defenders who are doing really, really critical tasks, but are unfortunately doing so with suboptimal resources and suboptimal tools. 
And I think for a lot of my colleagues, um, a lot of young technologists who care about social impact, unfortunately, it seems like there aren't that many doors open to us. Big tech is amazing. It's great. It's a fantastic road towards social mobility. But there is so much impact that can be made for people who decide to focus their talents and, and their time towards projects that get far less attention. So I think there's a very powerful role that technologists can play in, you know, allowing for justice in increasing social good. And I hope that more universities invest time and resources in creating the conditions for people to be able to, to explore that. Mm, that's a great thought. Well, Dave Shi, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having me. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Please be sure to rate and review the Legal Rebels podcast on your favorite podcast listening service. I'm your host, Lyle Moran, signing off. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalRebels.com, LegalTalkNetwork.com, subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find both the ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download the free apps from ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.